You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. For an installment of our series, The Great Exchange, something has to be done uh, and, and, and in order to address our really depraved condition that we are sinners and Christ has to go to the cross and what pay for the penalty of sins. There should be an exchange that instead of us suffering and we don't have what it takes to pay for our sins, Christ intervened and volunteered to pay for our sins. And that exchange took place on the cross. This is why we can live in freedom. Amen. That we don't have to perform and be good to be loved by God. That we don't have to really be nice to people in order for us to really get the attention of God. The reason why we're nice, the reason why we're doing relief efforts, the reason why we're nice to people, because God has been good, gracious, and compassionate. Amen. So for the past few weeks, we've been discussing the first week of our series. We talk about God's plan of saving humanity, God's plan to save you. You're not a surprise. And I'm telling you right now, it's hard at times to um, really uh, feel the love of people. Uh, because, because at times people uh, who, who, who loves us, um, they, they would express their love by, by, by just uh, expressing it through words and encouragements. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But you know what? Love is always coupled with sacrifices. If you love somebody, ask yourself, can he make sacrifices? If you're right now uh, married or you're engaged with somebody, can that person make sacrifices and give his life to you? If you cannot, I don't think the person loves you. And this is what God did long before, okay? You, 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 you came to your senses that you need, you need God in your life long before you are part of God's plan, that He wants to redeem you. You are not an afterthought to God. You're special. So from the very beginning, before you, you came to your senses and, and, and you welcome God into your life, God has planned to redeem you. And, and two weeks after, we talk about what? God's forgiveness, that when you are forgiven, you're blessed in Christ. Blessings come after forgiveness. And because we've been forgiven with God, or by God, brought to you by what Jesus did on the cross, we're welcome in His presence. About a week ago, we talked about that because of what Christ did, we are fully alive in Christ. Some of you here, you're living, but you're not alive. And the starting point of being alive is that you need to really allow Christ to conquer your life. We are alive in Christ. And this is what I like, that we are dead to sin formerly, but God made us fully alive in Christ Jesus. It is because of the intervention of Christ that we are what resuscitated from the grave. And I can't even imagine how is it possible for dead people like us to what? To, to have life only with the power of God because no death can prevent God. No death can limit God. Remember, you're dead to sin. Somebody has to die so that you'll go down the grave and be resurrected with Him. In fact, I think the book of Corinthians, it says right there, death, where is your sting? And I felt like Christ... Well, and this is just my, 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 my own imagination and my own creativity when he was resurrecting from the grave probably Christ was smiling come on now if death has, has prevented you from resurrecting from the grave and you can overcome death what would be your reaction? a smile on your face how many of you here? okay you love to win anybody here? you love to win game and okay like, like sweepstakes and, and lotto I mean I, I, love, I, I love to play sports I want to win right? You want to join the winning team, like your favorite NBA team, right? A team that has so many injuries, probably. But my my, my point is, uh, like that, <laughs> I don't have to mention that. My my point my point is, you want you want to win. Nobody in his right mind would would pray and fast and intercede. Lord, just just let me lose. <laughs> Nobody would do that. That's not your prayer. You want to always win. 
And I believe with, 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 with what Jesus Christ did when He was resurrecting from the grave with you. Not just Him, with you. I believe He was smiling. Probably He was mocking death. Death, where is your sting? And imagine with me, you're coming out of that grave. The greatest attack of the enemy is to pin you down and put you in the grave with Christ. And yet you came out strong, willing, not just to be resurrected with Christ. We talk about more than just resurrection, that we're seated with Christ. You're seated with Christ in heaven now. Are you with me? Why are you seated with Him? Some of you here, am I seated? Yes, you are where you are. But my point is, you're seated with Christ. Why? Because there is no more work to do. When you're done with work, what do you do? I don't run. Sit! You don't run. You sit because the, 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 the work is done. The reason why Christ is seated, because you don't have to labor for your salvation. You don't have to labor for your acceptance. You don't have to labor for your value. You don't have to labor for anything. You are accepted, loved, welcome in the presence of God. Now, the message of Carlo a while ago is fantastic. Carlo is single, available, ready to mingle. All of them in front wearing eyeglasses, except for Julius. Next week, okay, look for uh, uh, an eyeglasses. No, but, but we are accepted. Because we are accustomed and we're acquainted, living in this world we're in, we have to perform to be loved by God. That's not what the gospel is telling us. The gospel has welcomed us because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 12, if you have your Bibles right now, I want you to flip it there, Ephesians chapter 2. And if you're familiar, in verse 11, okay, the verse before 11 is verse... Kalingyo, you're reading your Bible. 11, okay, and verse 10 says that we are workmanship of God created for? For what? We are God's workmanship created for? Sige lang, okay, kaya niya yan, okay? Good works. Therefore, remember, verse 11, you're created for good works. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, we are all Gentiles. Am I correct? Look at the person on your left. Look at him, come on now. Okay, tell him, you Gentile. It's written right here, Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Pastor, what is circumcision? I'm not here to discuss that, okay? You can Google it and check it for yourself. Talk to your mother, okay? But my point is, Gentiles are uncircumcised. Jews are circumcised understand this was the comparison because the dilemma during the time is that i am circumcised therefore i'm better than you and we have that kind of tendency if you came from a great school you feel like you are supreme than everyone you don't say it but you feel that this is making sense my, my wife is from up i'm from usd but she made a, a an intelligent decision to marry me my point is <laughs> that is an intelligent decision okay but my point here, verse 12, remember that you were at the time separated from Christ. Even though you're circumcised or uncircumcised, the point here is that are you, okay, one with Christ? Because people tend to really classify themselves. The reason why I think I have a relationship with God because I have done what God requires. All of us in this room, we have that kind of dilemma. The reason why God loves me because of my performance. 
But Paul is simply saying that's not the point. And there's a reason why he wants to elaborate in this chapter. Remember that you were at times separated from Christ. You're separated. You're, you're, you're away from Christ. You're alienated from Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Away from the community and strangers to the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. This is your former state. This is your condition. That you are what? Christless. That you are hopeless and, 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 and godless. And even though you try your best to be a good person, you ended up what? Doing what is bad because you don't have Christ. You don't understand the gospel. You have not been reconciled with God. Paul was simply saying, this was your life before. And all of us, we've been in that situation wherein we're trying our best to do what is good, to live properly and right and noble. And yet, how come I still go back to my old me? I'm telling you right now, it doesn't mean you you believe God. You have God. Is this making sense? Because you can believe in God, but still live without God. A lot of us, we think that by just subscribing to the idea that I know God, therefore everything is okay. It's not a guarantee. Because it goes back that more than just believing, do you have a relationship with God? Because when you have a relationship with God, you invite Him in everything that you do. He's part of your routine. He's part of your calendar. For example, how many of you here, you're, you're familiar with our, okay, with, with, with the president of this, with this nation? You're familiar, right? So only three people, okay? <laughs> okay, so, so you think it's, it's still, um, uh, uh, I don't know. But my point is, some of us, you know our president, Right? Does he know you? That's my point. It doesn't mean you know God. You have a relationship with God. Of course, God is all-knowing. He knows us. But my point for saying this, when you verbalize that you know God, it doesn't mean everything will work out fine and I know God. I think God understands my, my, my predicaments and my condition. No, 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 no. You have to understand how He has made you alive. And not just alive, He wants to welcome you. That you're not just somebody who knows God from a distance. You know God and you know Him personally. This is what happened when God introduced His Son, Jesus Christ. It says right here in verse 12, But now in Christ Jesus. Say now. Now in Christ Jesus, that though we're what? We are far off. We have been what? Brought near by the blood of Christ. And a lot of you here, you think like, I know this, I'm familiar with this, that I am, I am welcomed into the presence of God because of what I represent. I came from a nice church. I came from a Christian family. I do go to church. Uh, there's nothing wrong with these things, but you need to understand only by the blood of Christ that you're welcome. No other tradition. And this is the dilemma of a lot of people, especially the Jews. If I do good, God will welcome me. If I'm circumcised, I am welcome in His presence. No. A lot of us here are thinking once in a while, you've been in church for 5, 10 years, you think that indeed you're leading a victory group or you're part of a uh, a ministry. God is saying, plus one, you're better than the rest of my kids. No. 
And I'm telling you right now, all of us should be nodding our heads because one way or the other, we have been in this situation we're in. I think I'm special before God. Because of what I've done. No, only by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because the blood of Christ is God's sacrifice. So keeping the law and trying to, to, to look accepted will not do the trick. It says right here, for he himself is our peace. Amen. We're not just after peace. We have peace. But looking at the passage, I'm, I'm, I'm at times confused. Because the peace that we have was the very sacrifice for us to live in peace. Let me say that once again. The peace that we have, Jesus Christ, was also the sacrifice for us to live in peace. Peace is not just an experience. It's a person. When you have Him, you have peace. And one of the best ways for you to really check if you have peace is that when you're, what? When you're in the middle of chaos. Because peace is not the absence of chaos. It's the presence of God that gives you security and peace. Amen. Come on now. Pastor, you don't understand. I don't have uh, money. You don't understand my condition as well. You don't understand the condition of the person beside you. All of us are going through something. And if you are here, you are in the right place. And the tendency is that we're deceived that my goal in life is for these things to be, to be removed from my life. It will never be removed. All the challenges that come your way, you, 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 you have to just take it on. Because the problem is not the removal of all the challenges that comes our way or that, that came our way. It is the invitation of the presence of God in our lives. And when you're in peace, no matter how chaotic your situation is, you have a sense of security that, yes, I know. And I'm not the only person who's going through this. The rest of the world is going through this, and yet I have Christ. And you know, and I know, that most of you here, all of us here has been in that situation. I have a problem. What, what makes it fulfilling is that I have Christ. The word, in fact, says, have peace. I have overcome the world. Who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh and a dividing wall of hostility. So therefore, Paul is painting a picture that in order for you to understand how to relate with the people around you is that when you understand that more than anything else, the reason why I can have peace with people because I have peace with God. Why did he mention the dividing wall of hostility? Because in the temple, the temple is divided in different rooms, different partitions. And the Jews are situated near the inner courts and the Gentiles are in the outer courts. So that alone is a picture that from the time of Christ, people are divided according to social status, to their income, to their, to their, to their religious belief. So same thing with the Jews and the Gentiles, they're separated. Why? They separate the circumcised and the uncircumcised. So that alone is already a form of rejection. When there's a group of people and you're left to yourself, you feel like, I'm isolated, I'm not welcomed by this group of people. Same thing with the Gentiles and the Jews, or probably the Gentiles during the time. They feel like they're isolated. And all of you here, how many of you here, you don't, you don't, you're, you're, you don't want to be isolated? In fact, the people, okay, and the people that we interact with, would in fact do everything, sin against God, just to be welcomed and accepted. Some of you here, you, you, you lie just to be accepted. When somebody asks you to tell the truth, you lie. Why? Because you don't want them to hear the real score. Because once they hear the truth, they will reject you. We're like that. 
That is our, that is our human depravity. That is our sin. But Christ came, I want to have peace with you. I want to have a reconciliation with you. And because I have a reconciliation with you, I can now remove the hostility amongst yourselves. Because whether you like it or not, you, you might be saying that I'm poor, I don't have what it takes. But deep in your heart, if you're poor, there are people that are poorer than you. And you look down on them. If you're not really that intelligent, but you know that there are people that are not really intelligent that you interact with, at times you look down on them. You know, Christians like us, at times it's ironic to say, I am a, a, a follower of Christ, but deep in your heart, check your heart. You only love people that you like. My question with you right now, what is Christ teaching us? To love the lovable alone or even the unlovable? Real Christianity is exemplified when you love the unlovable. Real Christianity is expressed when you're generous even though you don't have much. Because it's not how much you give. How much is left after you have given is the real score of your generosity. So God and Christ remove this division amongst themselves. But at times we don't understand this because it is impossible to what? To have peace with a brother or sister. Even the hostility and the dividing wall that sets us all according to our background and our, according to, to our social status, when you are not at peace with God, only when you're at peace with God and you're reconciled with God that you can reconcile the world with, your, with you and the people around you. This is why the intervention with Christ is so important. Or the intervention of God or of, of Christ is so important in our, our situation because we are no longer separated from Christ. The wall of separation has been removed. My question with you right now, what if somebody, okay, or a Muslim comes here, a woman who's fully covered, will you look at that woman with a different type of judgment? Or will you love that woman with the love of Christ? Some of us, we've been acquainted with, with how safe Christianity is. You know, that's, that's my joy. To be in a place where people doesn't agree with me. But God says love. So if you are a professing Christian and you can love people that are at times unlovable or a group of people that are dangerous, I don't think you're ready for this. Because Christianity is a dangerous religion. I say religion, okay, a, a term that I'm using. This is a, 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 a dangerous, should I say, community that you're part of. Because a lot of people, they want to be a Christian because they, they want to be happy. The goal of Christianity is not for you to be happy, but for you to be holy. There's a reason why. Haven't you noticed that when there is something that God is urging you to do to forgive somebody, there is always resistance? Lord, iba na lang. You always... Why? There's a fight. Because you don't agree. Your flesh is saying, don't. But God is saying, yes. And once you forgive people that you don't want to forgive, what happens? You change. You become holy. You're sanctified. 
And because of this, the goal of Christianity is not just for you to be happy, but to be holy. That you are created in the image and likeness of God. So what's my point here? You are no longer a person who is inclined to what is only comfortable because the day that you came to know the Lord, you're simply saying, I am at war. Do you know that? Because the Word of God says, go and make disciples. When you say go, you go out of your way. You swim against the river. Do you know that? Because if you're not informed, I'm informing you right now. There is still time to what? To quit. I hope you will not. But just to be clear, the mere fact you said, Lord, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. And I want you to work on my heart. And when God revolutionizes your heart, you can't help but say, I'll go. I'll reach out. I'll minister. I'll help people. I want to share the gospel to my family. Amen. Because I just don't care if they will reject me. Anyway, I'm accepted in Christ. And anybody who has been accepted by Christ cannot be rejected. Come on. So let me clarify this. Christianity is a dangerous place to be in. Because Christianity was birthed by a man dying on the cross who was willing to face danger just to save you. And I hope that the way we live our lives will reflect what Christ has done on the cross. This is why if we are asked with a question, have we done anything dangerous for God? If you can't name one, you have to retrace your steps and ask yourself, am I a follower of Christ? Because every time you go out of that door, that is where your mission field is. It's messy, dangerous, but the grace of God will accompany us. This is why the disciples of Christ was listening to him. In Matthew 25, it says right here, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a drink? Where? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of this, my brothers, you did it to me. There are times we're willing to help the people that can reciprocate whatever we have provided. But are we helping people who can even return the favor? Because God is simply saying, this is your task. Should you choose to accept it, it's dangerous. A lot of us, we've been in that situation. We have reasons. But where you are right now with the status that you are in, do you have the gospel? Knowing for a fact that there are people that are in you and you're simply saying, Lord, you have removed the, the, the dividing wall of hostility. More than just the people that we would want to really be a blessing to or the people that we would want to minister to, in your own family, you're all Christians. Why can't you live in unity? Why can't you just live together for a common purpose that you have Christ in your heart and nothing can set you apart? But before I continue with that, it says right here in verse 15. It says right here, by abolishing the law. He divided the wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace. What's my point here? 
The passage is simply saying that he did not come. And we know that in Matthew, book of Matthew, that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. How did he do it? He gave himself. The law is requiring us to what? To pay for what we have incurred. The law is asking us for a payment, Christ volunteered. And he paid it all. More than enough. My question with you right now, did he pay more than enough? Yes. Now, have you ever asked yourself this question? If you paid more than enough, therefore, you are valuable than you think of. So if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're simply saying, there are people that are, that are good looking than I, I think they deserve to be blessed by God. Or there are people that are more intelligent than I, they, they deserve to be. No, 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 no. You in your mind is creating a wall of hostility. In Christ Jesus, we're one. In Christ Jesus, we're accepted. In Christ Jesus, we're welcome. In Christ Jesus, we're never rejected. Amen. That he might create himself one new man. One person. Not Jews, nor Gentiles. We're one. So if you believe in, 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 in the president of this country, and probably some of you here, you, you don't agree, I don't really care. More than anything else, a lot of you here, you have unfriended a lot of people. Remember the year of election? Some of you here, you disagree with your friends, your cousin. First and foremost, more than just your political agenda, you're Christian first. Okay? Than pro-administration. You're Christian first more than what you believe and adhere to. That is who you are. In fact, if you see at times people that are lower than us when it comes to race, I'm telling you right now. You know, at times other countries would bully us and speak against negative things against Filipinos and you feel bad. But more than just how rejected we are, at times there are other nationalities, right? That are worse than us. Do you look down on them because you are a product of somebody looking down at you? Be careful that when you are insulted by other people, the tendency for you is to what? To pass it on to the people under or lower than you. And some of you here, you're from another religion. Some of you are Bisaya. I'm from that region. Some of them, my wife's a Kapampangan. There's always letter H, okay? And I'm not here to, to, to make fun of, of the different regions. Why? Some of you here from Batangas or from, from Ilocos. We brand people. More than just the religion that you represent, you're a Christian. We have been united by the Lord Jesus Christ. So making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. It was the death of the Lord Jesus Christ who paid it all. We are one as Christ has made us one. He addressed the hostility and made us one. And how did he address the dividing wall? He paid with his life. That formerly in your old life, you're hostile to God. And you know what, parents? One of the things I've learned as a father is that it is your job when you have disagreement with your kids to go out of your way and talk to them. Because I can only be effective as a father telling my own children to what? To work things out in the relationships. And if I cannot exemplify and model that kind of character, I don't think I'll be effective. You know what? You have been separated, alienated from God. Guess who made the first move? The father sent his son. 
because He knows that your life from the very beginning, from the garden to where you are right now, you have been running away. And in order for us to be one with Christ, God has to take the initiative. And the reason why you can be one with the people that might disagree with you because of what Christ did. Most of the time, people in church will disagree with you. But the greatest tool of the enemy is division. He wants to divide the church. Because once you love, once you love, guaranteed, you will be offended. Once you love, you'll have expectations. And guaranteed, that person beside you will not meet your expectations. Only in Christ we're satisfied. And when we are rejected by people and you're accepted in Christ, everything will work out fine. So I do pray that all of this dividing hostility from offenses to bitterness to resentment will be long gone because Christ has removed it all. And it says right here, and He came and preached peace to you who were far off the Gentiles and peace to those who were near the Jews. For through Him we have both access in one spirit to the Father. We can now come to God because we've been united with Christ Jesus only through Christ, the way, the truth, and the life can we access the Father. Some of us, we think, well, I'm, I'm a Jew. I'm a chosen race. No, 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 no. It's not your race that you are welcome into the presence of the Father. It is through Jesus Christ. Some of you here, you have other ideas. I believe in the saints. I believe in the tradition. I, I, I believe that if God will, 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 if God will, will bless me, I have to... To, to send this, this 10 prayer chains to 10 people. If not, I will die in three days. I mean, <laughs> somebody sent me, I, I, I deleted him in my Facebook. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm not that bad, okay? And, and, and again, that's not. It, it's, it's through Christ. And because of what God did, knowing for a fact that we are godless, but God made a decision. He intervened. This is what happened. So then you are no longer strangers. All of us, we have felt this before. Have you been in a, a place where you're not acquainted with the whole uh, uh, area? You feel like you're a stranger, right? Kahit anong sabihin mong alam ko, I'm provinciano pa rin. you understand? I was like that when I was in college. I, I, I tend to fit in to look like from Manila, but I'm from the province. I have to accept. Kaya yung provinciano, yung series. Kaya tagal niya na, eh, no? Provinciano pa rin. Um, ang tagal niya ng series, di ba? Provinciano pa. Sana Manila boy. Yung ganun, magbago man lang kasi ang tagal na, eh, di ba? Um, well, I just thought of that, okay? My, my point is, we, we, so then you are no longer strangers. And, 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 and Paul is not satisfied. You're no longer aliens. Come on now, look at the person on your right. You're no longer an alien. Bring me to your master. You're not. But you are. You are. You're no longer strangers with the aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. You are a citizen. You're part of a country, and, and that country is, is ruled by God. But Paul did not stop there. There's more. You understand? It's like a window shopping uh, uh, advertisement, right? There's more. You're not just fellow citizens with the saints. You're members of the household of God. You're not a Filipino. 
You're, you're living in Malacanang. I mean, at times we're embarrassed that we're Filipinos. I, I feel that once in a while when I travel abroad, every week I travel there. But because of what you've been hearing, when you're the, the son or the child of the owner of the house, you're not just a Filipino. You're not just a member of, a, of the kingdom of God. You are a child of God. And if you take a closer look, Paul was moving you from, from strangers to aliens to, to citizens, and now you are part of the household of God. How many of you here will live life differently if you know your father is a king? If you know your father is the president of his country? You, you walk differently, right? Because. Bang! Intercede your, 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 your intercessors, okay? And you're, you're part of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ. Jesus himself being the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone. What is a cornerstone? A cornerstone is, is a binding stone that holds the entire edifice. If, if you're not familiar, it's, it's, if you're familiar with, with a brick, say the word brick. Uh, okay. Are you familiar with, with what a brick is, right? Okay. You can only secure how stable and aligned a brick is based on the cornerstone. Because the cornerstone has to be established first so that you can align the brick. My point for saying this, the reason why God wants us to unite all of us to Himself so that He can unite all of us to one another. Because He's building something. Do you understand? Imagine what Lego is. You're connected with a piece and another piece. Because the goal is not just for you to be connected, for you to build something. And a lot of you here, you don't see this. As long as I go to church, I'm not part of a victory group, I'm not connected with, with another person, I'm fine, I'm hearing pastor and he's funny, I don't understand anything, but he's funny. I can go out of this gathering and I'm done with my walk with God. You're not getting it. It is in your connection with God and connection in this community that you will grow in your walk with God, that you will be able to really what? Do the purposes of God. For example, you have a beautiful eye. You have a beautiful eye, you gouge it out, okay? I don't want to be horrific here. You remove it, gouge it, okay? And, and, and you cut it. And, and though it's beautiful, you put it on top of the table. Let me ask you, is that beautiful? It's not connected. You think you're beautiful. You're not until you're connected with Christ and His community. You can never appreciate your beauty. A lot of us, we want to do life alone. I want to encourage you, take part in what God is doing. That He wants to reconcile with you and reconcile you with the rest so that He can create a structure. And in verse 21, it says right here, in whom the whole structure being joined together, it's like a brick, you're joined together with other bricks, grows into a holy temple. The goal is for this temple to be erected. So a temple is not just a structure, it is all of us gathered together. There's a brick, small brick, big brick. No, no, brick, okay? <laughs> okay. Do you understand my point? My point is we're joined together. Grows into a holy temple. This God is saying, my goal is not just for you to, to be united with me, to be reconciled to me. I want to reconcile you with people. How many of you here, you have, you have people in the past that, that you have a disagreement with, now you're okay? Sarap, ano? And, 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 and if you look back and remember, napaka-immature natin. 
toothpaste lang pinag-awayan natin? Extra rice lang pinag-awayan natin? And, and once you fix that, how many of you here, once you fix your differences, the relationship grows stronger and deeper? Pwede ka nang utang. Do you understand? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. The, the relationship grows stronger. But for the people that, that you don't have disagreement with, you're nice to one another, but that, that relationship is artificial. You call it artificial harmony. Praise the Lord, anointed. The relationship is not deep. And when you're joined together, in order for you to really work it out, you have to fit it. And, and, and there are a lot of frictions happening. But we don't exist for the friction. We look to the cornerstone. We have issues, let's fix this. Because the goal is for us to be united as a holy temple. Do you see yourself as part of the temple? Or you see your immaturities? And, 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 and God will require you to, to love people? God wants you to be, a, to be generous. Although I don't have much. Now, these are the things that God is asking you to do because of your experience of the gospel. That you want to be a blessing to people. And He's joining us together so that we can make a difference for His glory. This is the goal. To be reconciled with Him and reconciled with one another that we become a holy temple in the Lord. In Him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The goal of this church is to be glorious. That we all be a showcase of God's goodness and faithfulness. So my question with you right now, do you see yourself joined together with Christ? Joined together with one another. Erecting a temple because a brick, apart from other bricks, is just a rock. A brick side by side with other bricks is a glorious temple for the glory of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the glorious temple of God. Can we give God the glory? And what I love about God, He does not enforce or force us to belong to one another. He wants to melt us in how He would want us to join Him. He wants us to understand that, that, that I'm not forcing you to do this. I'm inviting you. And He will show us that if you choose to live for Christ and in Christ and live with your fellow followers of Christ, you will understand eventually that there is a blessing being united in one glorious temple. Jesus never forces us to belong. He only blesses the one who does. It is my prayer that you will welcome God's invitation. That now you have been reconciled with Him. Let us move forward. That though at times we find ourselves being prejudiced with other people, being unfair with other people, that you yourself, you're creating a wall of hostility to divide other people, other Christians. I hope that we will come to our senses. That Lord, you remove the wall of sin so that I can be reunited with you. Therefore, Lord, give me the grace that when I interact with people, 
I pray that I will have the grace to ask you to remove the hostility, the wall that divides us all. Because we're not Filipinos. First and foremost, we're Christians. And we're united with Christ and to one another as a glorious temple for the Lord. We were separated from Christ, but God made us fully included in Christ. It is when you are accepted in Christ and you're united with Him that you can help but to be united with people that you would have a possibility of having a wall of hostility. It is my prayer for all of you that as we are one in Christ, we can be one with a people who follows God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the message of the gospel that we can be one as we are one in Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening that you've given us a message, oh God, that we can take on and apply in our daily living. Can we touch our hearts right now? And I want you right now to just pray before God and say, God, remove the wall of hostility. Remove the wall of God that sets me apart with other people. Lord, let me be reminded of what you did on the cross, that you invited me. It was you who went out of your way to sacrifice and welcome me back into your household today I'm not just going to really exist for you I want to exist for God for the people of the same household that were united in Christ I thank you that you will change my heart if you are here right now and you've been so prejudiced with other people I want you right now to repent I want you to say Jesus sorry there's therefore now no condemnation but I want you right now to repent say God I've been I've been harsh with people people under me people that are working with me at times I'm, I love the people above me because they're better than me God says no even in church you look down on people at times you you, you, you don't you don't feel it but it's part of your nature and, and I pray for the Holy Spirit to make you conscious thank you for loving us for uniting us to yourself so Lord today I ask that you give us the grace to be united in Christ Jesus you can put down those hands as we continue to bow our heads and close our eyes if you're saying pastor I have been living a life of rejection the reason why you're living a life of rejection because you have not come into a place wherein you have been accepted that you can say in your heart, thank you, Lord, for loving me. Amidst all my frailties, amidst all my mistakes, amidst all my sins, Lord, you took me in. No one in his heart can be rejected when he understands that he belonged to Christ. He belonged to Christ. So I want to invite most of you here who has not come into a place of accepting Jesus. Hindi mo pa natanggap ang Panginoon sa iyong puso. Tanggap ka na ng Panginoon. Mahal ka na Panginoon. At dahil tanggap ka na Panginoon, bibigyan ka niya ng kalakasan para tanggapin siya sa puso mo. Lord, today I ask you that you grant each and every person the grace to accept you in their hearts as your Lord and Savior. As their Lord and Savior. So if you want to accept Christ, nais mo tanggapin ang Panginoon sa iyong puso, I want you to pray this prayer after me. If you have not 
accepted Christ, this is a great opportunity to accept Him in your heart. Say this after me with the help of our leaders. Say this after me. If you have not accepted Christ, say this. Jesus, I repent from all known sins and I want Jesus that you come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, thank you that you have accepted me long before. And today, thank you for the grace that you have loved me and you have accepted me. Nobody is looking around, continues to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you have prayed that prayer, I want you to slowly raise your hand if you have accepted Jesus. If you pray that prayer, see one hand. If you have accepted Jesus, Lord, thank you. If you're embarrassed to raise your hand, you approach me after the service. I want to. I want to pray for you. I want you to know God. At times you believe in God, but but this time. You know God. Lord, thank you that we are not alienated in your presence. We are accepted. We're loved. We're welcome. Lord, thank you that you will change our hearts. That, oh God, every time we interact with people, Lord, we want to value them. Because people are created in your image and likeness. We will love them the way you love them. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.